0: Kingdom authority and and I just uh, I'll just be honest with you right up. Well, I hope I'm always honest with you, Um, transparent with you, whatever the word would be. But um, in 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 speaking of kingdom authority, I am I am far from an expert. I am far from an expert and and as I began to, you okay. Um, as I began to get into this kingdom authority and begin to study it out, uh, the last couple of days, um, I, I just kind of, just kind of felt like I was just nibbling around the edges. Amen. Anybody ever studied a particular topic in Scripture and you just felt like you were just kind of scratching the surface, and you'd feel, you felt like there was so much more to it, and um, and that's kind of the way I I feel about about this. But I feel like the Lord uh, is spoke to me for, for this day and for this moment and uh, a few observations from the word of the Lord that I felt uh, the Lord had laid uh, upon my heart. And so we're just going to ask God to help us today. Amen. We're just going to ask God to help us and speak to us, and and uh, we're just going to trust and believe that that God's will and purpose is going to be done and that there will be some revelation in our minds and in our hearts uh, concerning s- uh, uh, kingdom authority. And how many believe and know that uh, we are in this world, but we're not of this world? How many know we're a part of a different kingdom? Oh, hallelujah. And uh, we are a part of the kingdom of God where God is the ruler. He rules and reigns, and uh, we are a part of that kingdom kingdom, and uh, so in that kingdom, we have authority, and so we want to talk about that a little bit, but when we read, uh, as we get into this today, when we, when we read the stories that are written uh, in the book of Acts, I, I love reading the book of Acts. And uh, when we when we read the stories that are written, the accounts that are written in the book of Acts, where we are introduced to uh, a display of God's power uh, like has never been uh, recorded up until that time in Scripture. There are things that happen in the Book of Acts, and uh, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, and just the signs, wonders, and miracles that transpired in the Book of Acts that we don't necessarily uh, to to, the, to that extent uh, ha- have not been recorded up until that time. We we read of healings and deliverances. We read of breakthroughs and breakouts. We we find angels ministering and sins being forgiven and lives forever being changed in the book of Acts. We find great exploits and we find miraculous moments and we find signs and wonders fill the pages of that great book called the book of Acts. Yet the point that uh, I feel personally that sometimes escapes us as the present day church is the fact that those were our brothers and our sisters experiencing those things. Just as Sister Vera is my sister and just as Brother Tony is my brother, I had some brothers and sisters that I didn't know about. Because they, their season of time was before my season of time in the church, in the history of church. It's, but those nonetheless were my brothers and they were my sisters. And they were experiencing those things. They all had issues like we had of issues. They had issues of family. Their families weren't perfect just like our families aren't perfect. They were real people, real people. They had issues of family, and they 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 probably had some issues in marriage and issues in finances and issues in careers and issues of future and, and retirement and loss and pain and discouragement as well as all of us in this room have. And yet through and, 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 and though experiencing those same circumstances of life, they were a part of a move of God that we are still talking about today. Experiencing the same things you and I experience, they participated in and were a part of and used by God in a revival and outpouring of the spirit that shook their world so much so that we're still talking about it today so my question to us today is this and i just just want us to get real here today my my question is can we see what they saw can we see it anybody believe we can so my next question would be this not just Can we see what they saw? But are we supposed to see what they saw? So my next question is this. If we're supposed to see what they saw, then are we? Okay, we we weren't quite as loud on that one. (laughs) quite as responsive on that one. I didn't hear quite as many yeses on that one. So I'm going to assume by your silence that maybe we're not necessarily seeing what they saw. So my final question would be this. If we're supposed to see what they saw but we're not, then why not? I think that's a fair question. And I don't think that's a negative question. I don't think it's, it's anything that, you know, we should beat ourselves up about. I, I, I think the word of the Lord has been given to us for a purpose and for a reason. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It is there to give us instruction and direction to get us from where we are to where God wants us to be. Right? And so I think there's an understanding that if we're not particularly operating in something that God would want us to operate in, I believe the word of the Lord is going to help us to get from where we are to where we need to be. Somebody said amen. So I personally know, just personal here, that that my life as a Holy Ghost-filled believer doesn't match up as well as I would want it to with what this book has promised to me. I know, I know full well that there are promises in this book. There are things that uh, God has uh, called and has positioned for me as a believer to operate in and to be used in that I am not uh, necessarily operating to the fullness of what I should be. Am I the only one in the room? I don't think I'm the only one in the room. I think there's a lot of other people in the room, great people, Great brothers and sisters of the Lord, filled with the Holy Ghost, called by God, faithful, you're here. But there's something within you that says, you know, I know that there is something uh, about my life that is not living up to the fullness of its apostolic potential, to its biblical potential. Am I right? Oh, hallelujah. Now, if you are, I'm, I'm very happy for you. And you're teaching next Sunday, so... Come tell me what you're doing and how you're doing it and we'll get you on the docket to preach. But, but I, I think probably a lot of us in this room would kind of feel like, you know, I know there's more. And I, I don't even know if I fully understand it all yet. I, I, but but where, where, where the disconnect is from where I am to where I should be. I don't even know if I fully quite understand it all yet from from why I'm not where I need to be or why I'm not where I'm supposed to be. It could be one thing, Sister Fable, it could be 30 things. So I'm kind of trying to work through all this, trying to figure out because at the end of the day, I want to be who God's calling me to be. And I believe I'm in a room of a bunch of people that want to be who God called you to be. So, I, I, again, I don't know that this is the the, the fullness of it all, but I, but I think a good place to start, I think a good place to start as we began to kind of uh, dissect some of these things is the fact that the book where all of those miraculous exploits are recorded is called the book of Acts. It's not called the book of what I should do, (laughs) which would be a really, really bad name for a book. But it's the book of Acts, or it is the Acts of the Apostles. It was their actions of the believers. That is what is recorded. It was their actions that inspire us to go higher and dig deeper. When You know, those things that inspire us to move forward in things of God, it's not things that people talked about doing. Right? It's things that people did. It was their actions that convict us and compel us at the same time. Convict us because we're maybe not doing it and compelling us to move forward in the things of God because we understand. My brother in the Lord did that. And if he did it, I could do it. Because why? We've got the same Holy Ghost. They accomplished what they accomplished because they became willing to release what they had been given into the context of their daily lives through action. Not necessarily just praying about it, but acting, doing. Somebody said amen. They made up their mind that they weren't going to keep their faith shut up in a prayer meeting somewhere. Now, I'm all for prayer, and you know that. But it's one thing to, to pray and get faith to do something great and then leave the prayer meeting and not do anything great. And then come back a week later and pray to do something great. (laughs) And then go out and not do anything great. Not because you failed, but because you didn't try. Because we didn't act. Am I right? But they were gonna release what they had into the lives of those that they met. They had the same Holy Ghost that you and I have, they had the same faith. That you and I have, they had the same experience with God that you and I have And really to be honest, we probably know more about God now than what they knew They were living the New Testament, we have the New Testament I don't know how many of them, from the book of Acts, how many of them, you know, uh, died before, you know, this, the writings of Paul and all that kind of stuff you know Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. That church at Corinth got the letter. What about all the other churches? He wrote specific letters to the specific churches. But I don't know that the other churches got the letters to the other churches. Does that make sense? But we got all of them. See what I'm saying? So there's there's more about our this apostolic truth and doctrine and all this kind of stuff that we know about than probably what they knew about. Mm. And so what, what is it What is it about if we know more maybe than what they knew scripturally, biblically, doctrinally, and we've got the same Holy Ghost, what was the difference? Why, why is it that we're looking back to them saying, man, that's what we want to be? And I, and I think a good place to start would be the fact that They acted on what they believed. Instead of just believing it, they acted on it. Oh, hallelujah. And I feel the Holy Ghost talking to us today, and I feel the Holy Ghost ministering and and, and desiring to exhort into the lives and hearts of apostolic believers in this room that it's time that we move beyond just believing stuff and we get into the place of acting on what we believe. It's time that we... Move beyond the place of just having faith that God can and moving it to a place of believing that God will to the point and to the extent that we act on our faith. It is incumbent upon us to put action to the faith that is within us, to see we've never seen, to see what we've never seen. We must get to a place where we become discontent with merely words, And we begin to progress into action to encounter. We we talk about day of visitation, and I believe it with everything within me. But to encounter the day of visitation that we talk about, it's absolutely mandatory for us as believers to move beyond emotion and enter into the realm of action. Somebody said amen. In reality, what is required of us is that which has always been required of us. And that is to strive to be like Christ. Is that, is that, that's our goal. That's, that's, that's who we are. That's what we've been called to do. We have been called Christians to be Christ-like, to strive every day to be more and more like him and less and less like us. And, 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 and this is the reality of what we're talking about because the book says this about the one whom we are striving to be like, Jesus. Luke 24 and 19, and he said unto them, what things? And they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, Which was a prophet mighty in what? And word. Before God and all the people. This Jesus that we're striving to be like was mighty indeed. He was mighty in action before who? Before the people. (laughs) Outside of the temple. Outside of the four walls. He was mighty in action in the place of where the real people were hurting people, broken people. He was not just mighty in word, but he was also mighty in deed, mighty in action. So, yes, I know, I know we love the book, and I know we believe the doctrine, and I know we love the truth, but we've also been called to be mighty in action in the people, around the people, outside of these four walls. Somebody said amen. I want you to notice something with me now. Just, just think about this for a moment. We find Peter, on, Peter and John and they're on the way to the temple for the Bible says it was the hour of prayer. And it is there that they're confronted by the lame man. Remember the story? So here's this lame man at the gate, and he's begging for alms, wants a few, you know, a dollar or two, buy some bread, whatever. And he's begging, he's begging and begging. Peter and John coming to the church. It's time for prayer. And so they pass this man, and the man cries out, you know, and he wants, he wants something from them. But Peter knew that he had something greater than a few bucks that he could give this man. Peter knew he had something greater than just a few coins that will buy this man another meal or two, and then he's going to be hungry again. Peter knew he had something greater than that. So watch what happens. Acts chapter 3 and verse 6. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. What I have, I'm about to give to you. And it's not silver and it's not gold. I've got something else. And because I possess it, because it dwells within me, I have the power to dispense it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he, Peter, took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately, the Bible says, his feet and his ankle bones received their strength. But now, just here's the thing I want you to notice. Peter did not ask God to heal that man. He does not pray a prayer of petition to the Lord to loose a physical miracle in that man's life. He does not say, God, you see this man, he's lame. I'm asking you right now, if if you so desire and if you so will, would you come down and would you heal this man and cause these ankle bones to come back together again so he can leap and jump? He does not do that. He understands something within him. (laughs) A power and an authority as a believer. And he knows that... What I possess, I also have the ability, through Christ, to release. In fact, the only reason I possess it in the first place is so that it can be released. And so he didn't pray and ask God to heal the man. He commanded the man to be healed. You see the difference? So let me ask us this question. If we were in that same situation, would we have prayed and asked God to heal the man? Or would we, like Peter, simply have commanded the healing to take place? I don't, don't answer out loud. Just be real with yourself for a minute. Which one would we have done? God, you see this need, you see this man, you see the problem. He's been like this for a really long time. And God, I just pray right now that your healing would come and your power would come and you would just touch him and you would minister to him, Jesus, and you would come. and Would we do that? Or would we say in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk? Now let's bring it into the present because I think we've probably all faced similar situations, right? Let's let's come back from Acts 3 now and come to, you know, 2018. So we've all faced similar situations. It might not have been a lame man at a gate, but it was somebody that needed a miracle. In those moments, did we pray and ask God to release a miracle or did we command the miracle to take place? Which one did we do? Oh, hallelujah. It's quiet just because you're thinking, which is all right. Now, now there's somebody in the room, there's somebody in the room that's thinking this. Well, Pastor, I I don't I don't know. I don't think that's right for for I don't know that it's right for us as mere humans to command something like that to happen. We're, We're supposed to ask God to do those kind of things. Pastor, our job is just to pray about the matter and then it's up to God for whether he's going to do it or not. Pastor, our our job is just to make the request to heaven about that particular need or that particular issue or that particular struggle and then just leave it into God's hands for whether or not he's going to respond or not. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to do as, as saints of God. Now, I understand that we might think like that, but I just I, I want I want to show you I want to show you what Jesus said. Watch what Jesus said. It's not Pastor Anthony, this is Jesus, Matthew 28 and 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, somebody say all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. What is the name of the Father? What is the name of the Son? What's the name of the Holy Ghost? So we understand when he was saying, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, he baptize them in the name of Jesus. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Jesus was basically, from these verses, Jesus was saying this, the power and authority that I have, I have all power in heaven and in earth. There's there's no other realm that that I lack power in. There's no realm that you would ever live in that I lack power in. He said, I have power in every realm that you would ever dwell. And he said, because. Because of that, he said, go ye therefore. The therefore is tied back to him having all power. Go ye therefore. You couldn't go unless I first gave you power to go. So go ye therefore and do what I've called you to do. Jesus was basically saying this, the power and the authority that I have I now give that power and authority to you. Is that what it says? So now go and continue the work that I have begun. That's what he's saying. You go... And observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. I commanded you some stuff. I started some stuff. I began some stuff. I taught you some stuff that that, that I wanted to see carried out and carried through. And he said, because I have the authority and the power, I now give that authority and that power to you for you to continue the work that I began. When we are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, we are filled with power. You cannot continue the work of Christ if you have not been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's why Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You receive power and you receive an authority when you receive the presence of the living God inside of you. Why? It is not your power. It is not your authority. It is his power. It is his authority. But when he dwells within you... When he resides within you at the infilling of the Holy Ghost, you now possess his power and his authority. Oh, that's the point of all of this. That's the point. Fill church. Listen, he didn't fill us with the Spirit so we would be saved. We are saved because we repent, baptize, fill with the gift of the Holy Ghost. But there was a greater purpose For the infilling of the Holy Ghost. If it was just to be saved, he said, you're going to be saved when you're filled with the Spirit. But he said, you're going to receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Why? Because Jesus said, I began some stuff. I started some things. But it's going to be incumbent upon the church now to be my hands and my feet and my body. My body's about to be transfigured. Uh, my ministry lasted about three or three and a half years, uh, but I'm going to pour out my spirit upon you. Uh, and when my spirit is upon you, uh, it is going to birth something that's never been birthed before. It is going to birth what is called the church. Uh, and the church is not made up of individuals, uh, but it is made up of people that are a part of one body. The so on Earth in the middle of what I began. How I want you to finish. The work of the Holy Ghost. Mm. Ah. Now, that's all very exciting, right? That's all very wonderful to think about. We've got power. We've got authority. Yeah, 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 yeah. But here, with greater power and authority, ability. And here here it is, ready? Because if we don't use it and just talk about using it and pray about using it and think about using it but never use it, if we don't use it, then we stop God from intervening in the lives and hearts of mankind. Because it is God's will to to use us, the church.